0: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about the biggest surprises of the fantasy basketball season so far and can we expect them to keep it up moving forward? Let's go! Six, Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to game, Not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! to to Allen, his free and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Got a nice show coming up here for you guys talking about all the surprises that uh, I did not expect uh, coming into this fantasy basketball season. Now this uh, probably isn't going to be a comprehensive list. I've left out a few guys that I sort of thought had the potential to break out some players like Trey Murphy, who I've been really a big fan of, but didn't expect him to be going this well, uh, so far this season. But at least I thought there was some level of potential to break out, um, to, to where he is. And, uh, I guess, um, but probably more focusing on the guys that weren't as much on my radar and potentially not as much on your radar when it was draft season earlier in the year and uh, just going through them individually and seeing what it is that has them there. Do we think that it is sustainable and can it continue or is it a sell high moment for a lot of these players uh, who are doing a bit better than we expected uh, into the season. So uh, we're going to get stuck into it. This actually will be my last podcast for a little while guys, I am uh, nothing uh, bad or anything like that. Just going away on a holiday soon, so uh, flying out to uh, Europe tomorrow. So for all of uh, the listeners out there who live in Europe, UK, going to France a little bit. Unfortunately, missing uh, the Victor Wembanyama games in Paris. He is dodging us. I uh, would have loved to check that out, but uh, yeah. So just be away for a holiday for most of December, guys. So it will be my last podcast before this year, uh, and I will. Be be back in 2023 to continue talking fantasy basketball. Hoping to uh, have our fantasy guru back, Callum McMullen, who should be back. We're actually crossing each other over in the airways, so he will be back soon to give you some good fantasy basketball content. Um, The schedule might be a little bit off for the remainder of December this season so apologies for you guys that way Um, but we will still be getting some good fantasy content out to you guys. If you still ask me some questions over on Twitter I will still be checking it uh, a little bit here and there. Maybe not as responsive as I normally am because obviously I'm going to be enjoying myself kicking back and sort of unplugging a little bit but Just wanted to give you guys a heads up, but we will be back in 2023 with normal uh, schedule, sort of that three to four times a week uh, episodes. Whilst I'm away, I think Callum is hoping to get at least once uh, the weekly recap up to you guys every week, and maybe a few more here and there around uh, the busy Christmas and New Year periods. So uh, stick with us guys, but we'll be back in 2023. So let's get stuck into this podcast talking about players who have surprised and the first player... Going basically down the rankings list, the first player that catches my eye here is Miles Turner, the ninth-ranked player. So, Miles Turner, uh, yeah, sounds crazy. He's a first-round guy through 15 games per game in nine-category rankings. All of these are going to be nine-category rankings, and we'll talk a bit about why they are ranked so high. So, Miles Turner, putting up numbers, he's averaging 29 minutes a game, 18 points, one-and-a-half threes, threes, eight and a half rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.6 steals, 2.6 blocks, 54% from the field, and 83% from the free-throw line. So, what is uh, bringing him up to this high? I mean, he was the 23rd ranked player last season. Um, The biggest difference between last year and this year is the points. Last year, he averaged 12.9, so 13 points. Now, he's averaging 18 points. Obviously, Sabonis so being gone is a big reason he's playing more minutes at center. Uh, so I think that the increase in scoring is legit for him. The surprising thing to me is the fact that he's increased his scoring and his shot attempts and he's also increased his field goal percentage. So maybe that's the fact that he's playing center more as opposed to power forward or, or whatever the case may be, there's less... Uh, uh, there's two less minutes of two traditional big guys out there with Jalen Smith not playing as many minutes as like minutes of Sabonis and he can also spread the floor a little bit better Um, maybe that is helping uh, Turner and I guess the next question here is is it sustainable is this is is Miles Turner a first round guy I wouldn't necessarily say he's a first round player and I think that the numbers are a bit um, they're a little bit Influenced by the low turnover numbers. If I do go and punt the turnovers, he comes out as the, let me have a look, the 13th ranked player. So just outside that first round. I would definitely consider him sort of a top 20 player quite comfortably moving forward with, you know... And again, his value is very much tied to the blocks. He's actually averaging less blocks than last season, 2.6, so there's no reason that that couldn't continue or even get a little bit higher. Uh, and everything else is pretty similar. The rebounds are slightly higher, but 29 minutes per game, that's not uh, absurd. He could actually be doing more than that, to be honest. And the... Um, I guess the free throw percentage is a bit higher than, than previous years, but he's, he's a decent shooter, so I don't necessarily think that that's uh, unrealistic to expect him to hover around that free throw percentage. I do expect this is maybe obviously uh, a bit high for him, but I would consider him maybe like that. 15 to 20 kind of a range as a a guy that we should expect moving forward. And again, the blocks, if you need them, he's one of the best shot blockers in the NBA. And you will notice these first few players here, a lot of them are big shot blockers. And remember, at the start of the season, we were struggling to find a lot of blocks. And I think that... The absence of blocks out there in the NBA right now uh, and guys who average them on big volume is boosting a few of these guys that do average big blocks up a lot higher on the rankings board than we've seen them in the past. So Miles Turner, in terms of generally, I think he can pretty much keep up what he's doing statistically. Maybe a few things like the field goal percentage, the free throw percentage just falls back a little bit and a few other guys take a step forward pushing him back to sort of like that early to mid-second round type player, but he is someone that I expect pretty much to continue doing what he's doing more or less the same for the rest of the season. So uh, a big draft win. If he does get traded is the other thing for him. That will probably reduce his scoring. It probably will reduce maybe his rebounds depending on if he's going to a Lakers or something like that. So it will hurt his value, but I still think that he is someone who, no matter where he goes, is going to be about that tough. 50, top 40 player. Um, so I'm not too worried, and he might not get traded. Do you know what I mean? Like the We've been hearing trade rumors for Miles Turner for years. The, this, um, uh, the Pacers aren't doing as terribly as we thought they would. In fact, they're doing okay. Uh, I still think that they eventually do drop off, but there's no guarantee that he is traded. I, I would say that he is at some point. It's more than likely that he's traded than he is not. So perhaps if you are someone who... You know, uh, can, if you can get a top 15 player, I would do so. But outside of that, maybe a top 20 if you really want something else outside of the blocks from him, then you can do so. But otherwise, if the blocks are needed for you, then here's someone that you just ride and, and enjoy this sort of hot stretch at the moment. So that is Miles Turner, the next guy, another blocks player. This probably is one of the biggest surprises to me, although uh, I'm glad that I've got him in at least one of my leagues. Brook Lopez, still holding on there. We saw him as a sell high the first week, two weeks, three weeks, months of the season, but he's still hanging on there as the 14th ranked player. In the last two weeks, he's the ninth ranked player. He was the 13th ranked player last week. Uh, just crazy, crazy stuff from the old man, Lopez. Uh 15 and points, 2.4 threes, 5.8 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 0.7 steals, 2.9 blocks, 52% from the oh, sorry, 50.2% from the field, 80% from the line, 1.3 turnovers. So the biggest things here for me, um, the blocks are enormous. They're uh, way higher than what we've seen in the past, or in the past couple of seasons. We have seen him block over two shots per game in the past before. Uh, the nineteen twenty season, he put up 2.4 blocks per game. So he has been capable of doing it. Um, he's also doing this on 31 minutes per night. That probably, to me, is is the most surprising thing. I did not expect to see as many minutes for Brook Lopez as we have so far. Now, Chris Middleton has yet to play a game um, so far this season, so maybe that has affected his minutes positively, but he's looking really, really good out there. So I don't think he's going to come back to like the... 23, 24 minutes that we might have expected. Uh, I do still think that he's going to be a 28-minute-per-night-plus guy. It could have around that 30 minutes per night um, throughout the entire season. So that is extremely encouraging. The field goal percentage also coming up to 50% is, is also great. But he was there the season prior to last. And last season, we obviously know that he was affected by that back injury for most of the year. So I think that that is sustainable it It really looks like he's going to keep a lot of this up to be honest maybe the points come down the blocks just shave a little bit off instead of two point nine maybe it's two point three two point four uh instead of fifteen point five points it might be closer to sort of twelve or thirteen points per game um and and the two the three, sorry, two point four. He hasn't averaged over two before in the season, so maybe that comes back to like two point zero, one point nine. Just a few things taking it off. And and I imagine going from the fourteenth ranked player to maybe someone who's like the fortieth or the forty fifth or something like that is maybe where I would if I had to put money on it where he would land, but it's, it's been bloody awesome. And I don't know if you're going to get a top 40 player back for Brook Lopez. Um, and if you don't get a top 40, top 35, top 30 guy, I just don't think it's worth it. I think you write it out and you just keep um, loving what you're seeing. The blocks are amazing. He's doing on great efficiencies, not hurting you anywhere. Again, probably a player that Benefits from the low turnovers. So, in a punt turnover build, he's the 21st ranked player. Still a second-round player uh, for Brook Lopez. We probably got him outside the top 100. Uh, that's bloody awesome. So, I think uh, Brook Lopez, for the most part, much like Miles Turner, with the blocks, value really, really important this year. Uh, I pretty much see him doing what he's been doing for the rest of the season with maybe a shave off his blocks, a shave off his uh, points and threes. I think all of those things just come back a tiny bit that will affect his ranking. But when you look at the numbers, what he's providing you in essence, in general will be pretty similar, I think, moving forward. So a great steal in uh, in drafts, and one that I, you could not have expected a 34-year-old uh, Brook Lopez to do as a, as a bit of a breakout candidate. But bravo if you've got him in your league, and uh, you, you I'd imagine you'd be doing pretty well, at least if there's block categories. And uh, the next one here, another blocks guy, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the 17th ranked player. Now, I'm less... I'm less surprised by the fact that he's a 17th player. I've always sort of thought that he could be a top 20, top 25 guy, uh, and that's not the surprise. The surprise is the fact that he's come back this early uh, into the season and playing um, this well off the injury as well. So 18.5 points, 1.73s, that could actually go up. 6.8 rebounds, 0.2 assists, so bugger all assists so far. Um, that can come up even though it's it's... It's probably only going to come up to like one or one and a half, but uh, that could definitely come up. One steal, three blocks, 46% from the field, 77% from the line. That can definitely improve. So there's several avenues where this can actually get better. The minutes at 25.7, that can increase as well. He wasn't playing more than... He was only playing 27 minutes last year, so I don't think it's going to come up a whole bunch more, but 27-28 is something that we could expect. And... um, He has benefited a a few games with... Maybe one or two games without Jar. One or two games without uh, Dylan Brooks. A few other players. Desmond Bain has been missing. So the usage is probably a bit higher than we would expect it to be when Desmond Bain does come back. However... I pretty much think that this is what we're going to see from Jaron Jackson Jr. moving forward. The blocks, again, three blocks per game. It might come back down to two and a half. Is probably more realistic to expect. It's very difficult to project someone to average three blocks per game for the rest of the season. So closer to two and a half is what I expect. But I think that what he's giving you, top 20 numbers is basically what he's going to be giving you for the rest of the season. So a massive, massive steal if you were able to get him late in drafts and uh, only miss him for the first four or five weeks of the season. He is uh, is going to be uh, a big, big steal in drafts. And I think that a surprise uh, in terms of the injury return, but not a surprise in terms of what he's doing. So I think that, yes, this can continue. All right, the next one here. Mikael Bridges, Mikhail Bridges. he is the 20th ranked player this season, he was the 54th ranked player last year, the 49th year before that, the 78th year before that, so he's usually around that sort of 50th ranked guy, very much boosted by low turnover numbers as well, so if you're in a punt turnover build, um, what is he doing at the moment for punt turnovers? Um, where can I... Find? So he's the 36th ranked player as opposed to the 20th ranked player in eight category leagues. So it does bring him back over a round of, of uh, rankings here. But still, 16 points, 1.63s, 5.4 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.1 blocks, 53% from the field, 87 from the line. He's just contributing across every single category in basically a positive. He's, he's actually... He is a positive in every single... Nine categories this season, which is, uh, I don't know if that's actually ever been done before by someone in uh, fantasy basketball. At least usually the turnovers are there, but he's still positive there. Something's usually a negative uh, in terms of Z scores, but he is a positive contributor in every category so far. Again, one of the things that I'm not a big fan of with Mikael Bridges, he's not a huge boost in any one area. Um, His defensive stats and his field goal percentage is where he's got his biggest contributions. But he's never really been a guy that's given you a lot of blocks. 1.1 is definitely his career high. He's averaged 0.9 before... Um, So I'd expect those blocks to come down uh, a little bit. He's benefiting in terms of his assists with Chris Paul out. So 2.2, 2.1 the last couple of seasons. So 3.5, I would expect that to drop down. The minutes are also very high, 37.2 minutes per game. Last year was 34.8, year before that was 32.6. So I expect him to maybe lose a couple of minutes per game when Chris Paul comes back. Um, The assists to drop, the blocks to drop a little bit as well. But outside of that, I think the rebounds, the points, uh, the steals, the field goal percentage, all they and in, in align with what I expect him to, to put up. So I think that, again, depending on how much you're valuing turnovers, he is someone that is going to be probably better than we expected him to be in terms of the rankings. But in terms of head-to-head category leagues, when you're punting certain things, he, he will... Widely uh, change his ranking and his value because, it, like we said, he's not a huge contributor in uh, one or two areas. He's more across the board contribution. In a roto league, this man is absolute gold. He is uh, he is doing very very well so far. Played twenty games uh, on the season, so he is going to be in a roto league. I think he's probably going to be a top forty guy in in roto leagues and nine category settings. I think in a head-to-head, I'd value him close to that fifty to fifty-five range, just because you don't have those huge boosts. And I think there is going to be some scale back on some of those uh, some of those other numbers, like assists and his blocks, which you know have a big swing. We've already talked about the blocks with some of those other guys, but if you go from one point one to you know zero point seven blocks per game, it, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it will change his numbers uh, fairly substantially. So I can I consider him. Probably falling back to sort of top 50 numbers, top 45 numbers, is where I'd sort of say. Maybe in a Roto League, he's, he's definitely top 40. Um, but yeah, I think that he is a candidate to fall off a little bit, especially when someone like a Chris Paul does come back. Um, the next one here, Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins on the season is the 28th ranked player. Now, none of my wildest dreams do I expect to see Andrew Wiggins as a 28th-ranked player. Over the last two weeks, he's the 33rd. Over the last week, he's the 80th. So there is some dropping away happening with Andrew Wiggins, but definitely not at the rate that I thought it would be. I called him a sell-high a few weeks ago, and he's managed to keep it up relatively better than I thought he would. Um yeah. The the biggest things that have changed for him year over year is number one is the rebounds have come up a little bit. You know he's up to five point three rebounds per game. The steals up at one point four on the season as well, which is uh, a decently higher than one point one. And 0.9 the last couple of seasons. Uh, the threes are up nearly at three per game, which is really positive for him. He is, uh, he is looking good on his threes, and I think that that may be something he can continue. The field goal percentage is higher at 40, nearly 50%. Uh, the free throws are still bad. He's not taking as many of them, so it's not hurting you as much because of the attempts. So if he does start getting to the line a bit more, the free throw percentage is still at a point where it does hurt you. So, And a non-punt turnover uh, build, that is something to keep an eye on. But I think there's just a lot of things here that just slowly, slowly start to slip away. Uh, But in saying that, he is someone that I think will beat his pre-draft ranking. I think I had him around 100 or that sort of a thing. He's probably going to be a top 60 player. Um, I think that moving forward, you can sort of... Yeah, it depends. I, I think... What you're going to see is maybe the field goal percentage drop off a little bit. The steals will definitely drop off, I think, in my opinion. Um, looks like the rebounds are there to stay. I mean, it's not a huge jump up. You know, five five 5.5 is maybe something to expect. He was doing 4.4 last season, so an extra rebound in his in his stat set. Uh, but I think what to expect from him, not top 30, absolutely, not top 40, Top 50 could be there, but I'd probably be saying more like top 60, top 65 is about where I'd be valuing Andrew Wiggins. So if you can lock in a guaranteed or someone you consider a guaranteed top 50 player, then I would probably do so. But for me, anything outside of that, I think you just ride it and and enjoy what what he's been giving you. And uh, just hope, especially if you're not punting the free throws, that he doesn't get to the line as much as he has in seasons past. Let's move on to the next guy here. Jalen Brunson, I think, has been a big surprise for me. Now, a lot of people were very excited about the Brunson breakout. I was less excited because I thought, obviously, going from playing with Jokic to playing with Randall, RJ Barrett. um, But it looks like it's been a net positive for him. He's massively... I didn't think he'd be averaging over 20 points per night. So far, he has definitely shown the ability to do that. He's also managed to keep up. Uh, he's dropped away a little bit on his field goal percentage, but it's kept it still at a, a, a positive level overall. The free throw percentage is sky high at 88% on the field, uh, from the line, sorry, uh, at five attempts per game. So he's doubled his free throw attempt rate, which is a huge source of a lot of his value. I would expect that to maybe come back a little bit. Uh, he definitely looks improved in terms of getting to the line, but to Double it in one season, I think is a bit much to expect. So instead of maybe 5.2 attempts, maybe it comes down to like 4.2. Previous seasons, he was 2.7 and 2.2. Now, I know he was playing next to Luca, And he definitely looks like the best player in New York. I'll I'll definitely say that. But I think that I would expect the free throw attempts to come back. Maybe instead of 87.8%, he shoots 86% from the line. Um, he was 84 the last year, 79.5 the year before. So, this is by far his career high in terms of the free throw rate and the free throw percentage. Everything else I would expect to stay there. I did think that the assists would rise. So, I think 6.5 is fine to expect. Um, the steals, 1.1 so far this season. Maybe that drops under one per game. He's never averaged over a steal per game. He is averaging more minutes just, um, So maybe those minutes can come up, 32.5. He's an interesting one. I don't necessarily think you're going to get a sell-high ability here for Jalen Brunson. He's the 30th-ranked player. I'd probably consider him a top 45, top 40 guy. So he might come back a little bit. It really depends on those free throws and the free throws attempted. Um, But... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great pick and one that I did not expect. And I'll, I'll, I'll happily admit that I was probably a bit too low on Jalen Brunson. I did not expect the aggressiveness and the usage to be there with him. I thought there'd be more spread out to Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett especially has, uh, has definitely shrunk a little bit in New York, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, no, he's looked really, really good. 30th ranked player, if you're able to get him in the 60s and 70s, I think it's a, it's going to look like a great, great pick. So, uh, I think top 40 is about where I'd value him. So, probably not that much of an ability to sell him high uh, at this point. Anthony Simons is the next player. He is currently the 36th ranked player uh, per game. So, this is not totals, this is per game. Uh, on the season, that's 19 games, averaging 24 points, 4.2 threes, 3.1 rebounds, 4.3 assists, a steal, only 0.2 blocks, 43% from the field, 87.8 from the free throw line. So obviously the biggest boost there are his threes. We knew he was a really, really good three-point shooter. Um, 4.2 is crazy high, but he honestly could average over you know, close to that four per game. I would not put that past him. I think the scoring is going to drop away because he is benefiting a lot with Damian Lillard being out and he has missed several uh, games, obviously, with the calf strain twice. So I think the points can come, come down closer to sort of 20 per game instead of 24. I think the assist from 4.3 will probably drop down to 3.5 per game as well. And I think that the steals... You know, one steal per game, it's, it's okay. He's averaging 37 minutes a night, so I think the minutes will drop down, probably reducing the steals to 0.8 uh, instead of, you know, one point seven point eight. 0.8. So I think there is a little bit of regression coming for someone like an Anthony Simons. 36, I think you can easily maybe double that and push him back to sort of, top 70 numbers, so I think that so far what we've seen, it's clearly a direct result of Simons benefiting from Damian Lillard. If you can get a top 50 player back for Anthony Simons, I would 100% do it, so I think he is a clear sell high of these players, and I think that it's pretty obvious, so that might limit your ability to get the sell high happening, but you could just point to what happened last year what happened this year and just kind of leave out the fact that Damien Lillard has missed a lot of that time. Uh, but he's an excellent source of threes. He's a great scorer. The free throw percentage is really, really nice. Uh, the points will be solid. So... He is still someone that's obviously useful in a punt blocks build. He is really, really valuable. Um, he's not absolutely killing you from the f- uh, the field goal percent. But again, if you can punt that as well, it is something that he does have those big booms in a lot of ca- categories contrary to someone like a Mikael Bridges. So he does have a lot more value in a head-to-head league compared to a roto league, in my opinion. So... Um, someone that you can value differently in different spots. But I think that there is a few key signs that I think he's going to fall back to sort of like that 65th to top 65 to top 70 kind of a range, in my opinion. Still probably better than we had him. I mean, I was actually pretty high on him moving into the season. I thought he could be a top 80 guy. Um, he's outperforming my expectations, but a lot of people had him closer to sort of 100, 105. Um, let me just double check where i actually did have him in the rankings i want to say it was around the 80s um let's have a look 80 uh, sorry guys stall in the podcast i had him at at ninety, sorry, top ninety. I, I did, I did, I think move him back, or I moved a few other guys ahead of him in Capello and Claxton, which has looked like the the right move. Um, probably would have loved to have him over Parlo and stick to my guns there, but I do think that he is someone that, uh, you know, is going to outrank uh, his uh, draft uh, position or average draft position moving forward as well. The next surprise here, guys, and this is for me personally. I would have never, ever seen this coming. And I'm still shocked when I look at the rankings and looking at the stats that uh, Bol Bol is the 46th ranked player in fantasy basketball. Bol Bol, this man um, last season was the 506th ranked player. Uh, (laughs) He was the 489th ranked player in this season before in 32 games. 272nd range player in 1920 again. That was only on six games, six six games and 14 and a half minutes. Played only five minutes and six minutes the previous two seasons, but playing 27 minutes a night so far this year. 13 points, 7.8 rebounds, one assist, 1.9 blocks. Shooting 60% from the field, 76.7% from the free throw line. Nearly hitting a three per game as well. Just absurd numbers. Last two weeks, he's the 68th ranked player. The whole last month, he's the 56th, 52nd ranked player. I still have a lot of trouble believing that Bol Bol is a top 50 fantasy player. It is becoming more and more real to me that he has legitimate talent and he has legitimate ability to stay out on the NBA court. He is someone... That I think the highlights, the way he moves, the threes he's pulling up, the blocks that he's getting, masks his actual ability to produce on an NBA court and especially in a dynasty scenario, I would be trying to use this moment to sell high on Bol Bol. The NBA world is Bol Bol mania right now. He's like, uh, people are wanting him to get the most valuable, uh, sorry, most improved player. Maybe they want him to get most valuable, Um, but they're clamoring for him to be most improved. I think that... I've said as soon as they're healthy, now Fultz came back today, Cole Anthony I think came back today as well, um, Suggs is is in the mix as well, so they've got a few guys coming back, but just with this Orlando team, they're not trying to win obviously at the moment and um, in today's game, even with some of those guys back, played 26.9 minutes, had a poor game, um, but it's I, I i still just have trouble believing that he's going to be out on the court as much as he is he's had a few games recently where he's played 30 plus minutes and that's carrying a lot of his uh, carrying a lot of his value recently i just um yeah i just don't see it i don't i don't see bol bol as a as a starting or a 25 plus minute per night guy in the nba i just think that he's a he's a good bench player there is a little bit something to him <laughs> He's almost like a better version of Boban Majanovic to me. He has good spurts and you can put him in for situations and he can put up good stats in that time. But I just don't think that the stats and the highlights reflect his actual value to NBA teams. His like defensive rating is, is horrible uh, despite the blocks, despite the rim pressure. He's just someone who's had trouble staying healthy in the past as well. There's just a whole lot of things that... Just make me not a Bowl Bowl believer. Although right now it's making me look stupid. I was I did not pick him up anywhere outside of one Dynasty League. I picked him up. Um, it was just not something that I ever expected to continue this long. I'm still saying that it's not going to continue from here. So I would be trying to sell high. If I can get a top 75 player for Bowl Bowl, I would probably be doing it. Um, a lot of people out there are very excited by this guy and they might have him already on their fantasy team, but um, there might also be someone else out there kicking themselves that they didn't add him, they didn't pick him up when he was the waiver wire out of the year, uh, that you might be able to trade him to get a solid top 75 guy. I just, I, and I might be wrong. I, I very well might be wrong on this one. I just, I, I'm, I'm yet to believe that Bowl Bowl is going to be still playing these minutes uh if the team is healthy. Now, the team might not ever get healthy. Like, this Orlando Magic team, like we said, they're not trying to win. They could be making up all these injuries down the stretch of the season, and and it might come to everyone except for Bol Bol, and he might be the player that benefits all year round. Um, That could definitely be the case, but I want to just... If I could sell him for that top 75 guy, even if I lose out, like, 20 spots, if he continues to produce top 50 numbers, I would just feel so much safer. I could breathe easier, relax a lot more and just know that the guy that I'm trading him for, I have a lot more guarantee that it's going to continue than bowl Bol, which could really dry up really fast. But so far, it's been incredible. Obviously, top 50 numbers. He's not even averaging more than two blocks per game, so it's not all tied up in that. It's the points, it's the rebounds, it's the awesome efficiency. He's nearly hitting a three as well. There's a, there's a few things here to like. The assists and steals obviously invisible, but the rest of it is is pretty nice. So, yeah, Bol Bol to me is the number one biggest surprise for me so far this season, and I can't believe that we've been talking about him as much as we have so far this year. So, yeah, I think he's a big sell high. The next player here, we're getting to the last few, few guards and wings to finish off the podcast. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, the 61st ranked player, 47% p- from the field is probably the biggest thing that I'm going to be pointing to. The previous seasons, 41%, 37.5%, 41%, 47.5% from the field for the entire season through 20 games is an incredible hot streak. Um... So he's been doing well, but it's already showing in the last couple of weeks. He's the 116th ranked player in the last two weeks, and that's even still shooting 53.8%. The steals have dried up a fair bit. He's averaging 1.1 1. 1 in the season, 0. 0.7 in the last two weeks. The points are down from 17 to 15. The threes are down from 2.7 to 2. Um, and then just the rest of it is all a bunch of boring nothing. It's uh, He's not going to get you many rebounds at all, no blocks at all. And I think eventually this team is going to get healthy, I hope, uh, with Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball coming back, taking shots away from him, maybe Gordon Hayward. And I just think that eventually his usage is going to drop, the efficiency is going to drop, and when he doesn't have those things, he's not providing a whole lot else. So he is a clear, clear sell high, in my opinion. If I can get a top 90 player back, top 100 player even, I would be happy to do so and just lock that value away, not worry about crossing my fingers that he's not going to murder my percentages every week and uh, not provide much else. So for me, he is a pretty clear sell high. Uh, He's been great so far and benefited a lot from a lot of injuries in Charlotte and they might continue to have a lot of injuries Uh, like the Orlando Magic. I don't think they're trying to win much this season so I think that they're going to be cautious with a lot of guys coming back. Their timelines will probably be longer than a lot of other teams so he will benefit for that. But he is also not immune to getting injured himself. So if he was to get injured, he would have a longer return to to playing as well. So I just think that all around, he's a, he's a very clear sell high. Uh, the next guy here, Kevin Huerta, 64th-ranked player. Very, very surprising to me. I, I I like Kevin Huerta. He's a good shooter. He's a good player. I think he's a really good contributing player to fan, uh, to normal basketball. For fantasy, I've never really seen the super high upside for him. Uh, I can't remember. I don't even think I had him ranked inside my top 156, which is definitely a a miss on my behalf. But... Let's look at what he's doing. So averaging 16 points, that's higher. 3.33s, that's higher. Um, rebounds are the same. An extra 0.7 assists, so that's whatever. Extra 0.4 steals, that's definitely notable. Um, and shooting 49%, nearly 49% from the field, so that's a lot higher than his um, previous seasons. The free throws are actually down uh, percentage-wise, so that could come up. But um, yeah, just, just doing everything a whole lot better than he was in the, in the past. And I think... Part of it could be real. Part of it, he's definitely more of a real um, value guy than like a Kelly Oubre, in my opinion. I would much rather have Kevin Huerta than a Kelly Oubre. I think that he is more likely to keep this up. Um, Playing an extra two and a half minutes than previous season, obviously he has changed teams to Sacramento. So perhaps the attention that someone like a Sabonis and a Fox have going to the rim... Employed more pressure going inside out, is giving him some more open shots. I think that that is definitely a possibility, as opposed to someone like Trey Young, who's a bit more perimeter-orientated, so he's getting passes from the, the perimeter and then shooting them from there, whereas getting them coming back out from the uh, the driving lanes and those sort of things, I think that positively affects someone like a Kevin Huerta. Um, but in saying that, the last two weeks, 92nd-ranked player, the last week, 167th, He is someone that is prone to fluctuations based on how he's shooting because he's not an elite steals guy. He's not an elite rebounder or assist player either. It's very much concentrated on what he's doing, scoring, and how efficient he's doing it. So... I think that 64th-ranked player, I'd view him closer to like a top 100 player. So definitely still a must-roster guy, and I think he will remain that for the rest of the season. But I don't expect him to be this top 70, top 75 guy that we've seen so far this season. Uh, I'd value him closer to the, the 100 range. So. By, by all means, a great pick and a great pickup if you manage to get him off the waiver wire, if you manage to draft him with your last or second-to-last pick, uh, but I just wouldn't expect this level of production to continue. So I don't think it's necessarily real, but it is more real than someone like a Kelly Oubre and maybe some of these other guys that we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, my boy, the Boston Celtics' Derek White is the 70th-ranked player so far this season on 22 games, so... Um, he's been very much up and down. He's been adds and drops at different points throughout the season, but on the totality of what he's done, he's been really good. 70th-ranked player, I did say to add him a little while back after that big game uh, where he put up 27 points and five threes. I don't expect that to continue, obviously, and hasn't reached those heights. Oh, He did put a a good game up against New Orleans with 26 points and six threes, Um, but... The last stretch of games, he's been really, really good. Lots of threes, lots of assists. We know he's good at steals, and he can actually block decent amount of shots for a guard as well. I think that the Celtics are being very cautious with players like Al Horford, uh, even resting a few of the other guys. Jalen Brown rested the other day. Tatum took a night off. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go when Robert Williams comes back because that does have a trickle-down effect on this team. But he is finding a way each night, and the Celtics are performing at such a high level, scoring as a lot of points. Their their offensive pace and their scoring ability has definitely improved this season, and it's allowing players like Derek White to put up decent uh, fantasy value in limited minutes. 26 minutes per night is enough for Derek White, in my opinion, to sustain decent enough value. Um, it's not super impressive the numbers, when you look at them on their own, so... It doesn't necessarily reflect a top 70 guy, in my opinion. 11 points, 2 threes, 3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, a steal, nearly a block, 49% from the field, and 87 from the line. So definitely more of that Roto kind of style, just solid across the board, maybe except of, with the exception of rebounds. He is very close to Mikael Bridges in being positive in 8 of the 9 categories, not rebounds, but obviously to a much lesser extent. I think that, again, if you're punting the um, the turnovers, his value is very much reduced, in my opinion. So, what's he actually... So, he's the 99th-ranked player in a punt turnover build. So, eight-category league, he's a top 100 guy. Again, I'd probably be valuing him pretty similar to a Kevin Cuerta, maybe a little bit less so, just because the ups and downs of his minutes and his role. But I still think that he is someone that I'd be willing to ride out a few poor games. He's not someone that when he has a poor stretch of games, I'd immediately just look to drop him. I think he is a must-roster player, and I do expect him to be a rosterable guy for basically the rest of the season. But it will be a little bit up and down here and there. Uh, He's just... um, yeah, he's probably just not going to be the seventieth ranked player for the rest of the season. And if and if he is higher or that kind of a range, it's it's a bit of fool's goal with the low turnovers and across the board contribution, at least in a head to head league. So he is someone that is just kind of a solid back end player, and that to me is real. Top one hundred, top eighty numbers, that isn't really real to me. And I don't really know if you can sell high on a player like Derek White. Two more guys to go here. Uh, the next player here is Royce O'Neill. Oh, sorry, last one here is Royce O'Neal, and Royce O'Neal is the seventy-fifth ranked player on the season. He is someone who, um, uh, yeah, he's just he's just not been anyone, someone that I've ever considered or thought about as as a good fantasy ad in years past. He's been a very low usage. Defensive stat, low turnover kind of guy, but never really did much. But this season, he's had a much bigger role in the offense, especially facilitating. So um, the biggest boost to his value so far is the four point eight assists uh, compared to two point five the last three seasons. So that is something that's obviously boosting his value. He's been obviously been able to maintain it for twenty three games now. So we have to actually look at it and go: Is this just what he is now? I still think that four point eight assists might be closer to four. Three and a half assists instead of the nearly five per game. They've missed players like Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving for obviously stretches of the year who are two of their better playmakers. Players like Seth Curry are coming back into the lineup whilst not big playmakers still handle the ball a little bit. Um, And then minutes, man. 35.8 35.8 minutes per night. That's a huge increase over the 31. So, an extra six minutes, basically, or an extra five minutes, sorry, um, season over season. I think that that is obviously boosting his value a lot. So, I think that Royce O'Neill whilst I do need to come around to the fact that he is a player that you have to have on your fantasy roster where I didn't think he would be your last uh, at the start of the season when he was obviously picked up and added in a lot of places I don't expect him to be a top 100 guy he could be a top 120 player making him potentially a back end starterable player in 12 team leagues but it's very look in a punt point situation it's awesome it, you know I have a punt points team in my um, uh, the World Cup the Fantasy Barcelona International World Cup, and I wish I had a player like Royce O'Neal on my team, but it's just, you know, the percentages are poor. It's the threes, the rebounds, the assists, and the steals. Decent blocks. It, there is there is a bit to like there, but I'd probably be ranking him behind Kevin Cuerta, behind someone, or probably maybe in line with someone like a Derek White in front of a Kelly Oubre. Those kind of players, I think that he is sort of there or thereabouts. Um uh, I think is 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 okay for him. So I think for him that is um that is where we rank him. And I I'm just realizing I've, I've stuffed myself up. Was I talking a lot about Kelly Oubre before or was I talking about Spencer Dinwiddie? I had <laughs> I think I was talking about Kelly Oubre but I meant to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. So I can't remember what I said now guys. I'm going crazy. Did I talk about Spencer Dinwiddie? Let's bring his stats back up. Um yes, sorry. Everything that I was talking about Kelly Oubre before Applies to Spencer Dinwiddie. That's that's my, my bad there, guys. Um, so, yes, for me, Spencer Dinwiddie is a massive sell high. I expect him to fall off uh, dramatically. Let's talk about Kelly Oubre now. So, Kelly Oubre is someone... Let's have a look. So, Spencer Dinwiddie's role, obviously, is a bit safer than, than Oubre's, in my opinion. I think I talked about his role, but I do expect, still, for Spencer Dinwiddie, the field goal percentage to drop off, the steals to fall away, and the points to drop as well. So, for me, I still think that he is someone who has a big, big sell-high. Kelly Oubre, who is... That's not Kelly Oubre. That's Kelly Olenek. Um Kelly Oubre, for Charlotte, is the last player that I've been surprised about. The 78th-ranked player... Now, yes, his uh, value is very much boosted by the steals, 1.7 per game. I think I said this before, he's been a guy that has put up a lot of steals in the past. Uh, I think in Phoenix, I think it was, he used to be a really good steals guy, 1.3 in his last year with Phoenix. So 1.7 might be a bit high, but he could get to 1.5 steals per game. But like I said before, very much benefited from a lot of guys out. The field goal percentage is... It's been okay, but I think the usage is what's going to drop down. So usage has been higher than obviously it was the previous year. The minutes are obviously higher by five plus per game. So I think the points the threes, the steals, and probably even like rebounds as well because of the minutes up being high can all fall away. So as a 78th ranked player, again, like I said, I think he's behind a few of those other guys. He is not obviously a drop. He's someone you have on your team and you just sort of account for those poor percentages, but he could actually trend towards a drop at some point this season. So if I can get a top 100 guy, I would be doing so for a Kelly Oubre. Sorry for that mix-up, guys. It's, uh, it's been been a crazy, crazy time getting myself ready for this holiday, finishing up all my work, and uh, yeah, so uh, mixing up my my back end players there. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, And remember, leave a big thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Last podcast for me for 2022. I will be back in 2023. Uh, You'll have the uh, fantasy guru, Callum Mack, back in your ears to, uh, to listen to, to keep the podcast going. But until then, guys, have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll see you all in 2023. Bye.